Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Embracing the Gray with Vic and Kels, where we challenge the all or nothing thinking when it comes to all things food, body, and mindset. So excited to have you all here. Today, we are going to be deep diving into a new topic for me. Um, it's something that I've kind of taught and, and teach in our Rediscover You Free program. However, I didn't know there was an actual name to it. And it's this idea of cognitive diffusion and ACT. And Vic, you were the one who came up with this topic today and definitely have a lot of like a wealth of knowledge. So I'm just going to let you take it away. So as a way for you guys to get to our YouTube channel, we are going to be talking about acceptance and commitment therapy. If you're not actually like in the therapy, you can just refer to it as acceptance and commitment training. But this is the beautiful psychological, like the hexaflex that this therapy framework goes around. It's actually really cool and it's really pretty too. So it just kind of makes you want to look. But more specifically, and maybe we can kind of break these down week by week because it is a lot all at once. We are going to be focusing on the bottom left. So the cognitive diffusion section. So it says the process of learning to notice the process of a thought rather than getting caught up in the content through observing the process of thinking thoughts that may have previously led to significant distress or unworkable behavior weaken. So I first learned about this. I'm actually surprised that I still remember because I was, it was in the last treatment that I was in, in Idaho and I was working like 12s and then going to, to their, to treatment. And I really didn't absorb as much as I wanted to, but this was something for somebody that struggles with the black and white, all or nothing thinking, I never knew about ACT. And so once my therapist started talking about it, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Cause I was like, this is what it is. Like, I'm not psychologically flexible in so many parts of my life. And after kind of doing some digging about, you know, ACT, that's what we'll call air act psychological flexibility is really the measure of how mentally well you are inflexibility is those the rigid rules the first thing I thought of Kels was when we I think we were making pizzas and I like totally burnt my arm right mm -hmm. and like I could have you know grabbed the pan and threw it across the kitchen and said like screw this we're not eating like the whole day is messed up like it's, it's those reactions that are, you're just kind of like, wait, what, why would you even think to do that? Like it was clearly an accident. You didn't do it on purpose. So ACT is, is kind of that type of framework. I actually have a little thing for what it stands for. So A is accept your thoughts, feelings, self, and history or experiences. C is choosing valued actions. That means knowing what your values are. And then making that conscious choice every single day to align with those values. And then T is to take action. The experience is going to be so much better when you're actually taking the action, being persistent, talking about what you want to act on, LOL, you know, <laughs> and no pun intended. They're going to be small, easy, measurable things. And so, yeah, that's kind of the framework. Um, obviously this hexaflex has a lot of, like present moment values, the committed action, self as context, cognitive diffusion, and then experiential acceptance. So we're focusing on cognitive diffusion. And we do talk about it quite a bit in previous episodes of like 
we talk about the untethered soul and being the observer and, you know, at the seat of consciousness, not attaching to everything. And this is just, I guess, another way to put a name to these things that we're talking about. And for diffusion, so when you think of you and a thought, right? If you have a thought, I'm just going to use my, the one that I was kind of like thinking about, like I am fat. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you start, you know, you keep telling yourself that you have a binge eating episode, you start restricting. Oh my gosh, you get on the scale, you're five pounds more water retention, right? Like it's this like huge spiral effect. You're going to start believing that that is your truth, that that is, you know, you're believing that that's you fusing to one thought that created this huge spiral. So cognitive diffusion is diffusing the thought and you, and you could either, you could say, instead of I am fat, you can say, I'm having a thought that I'm fat. Mm -hmm. Even more so creating distance is I'm noticing I'm having a thought that I'm fat. Mm -hmm. And that's like the ultimate separation of, Hey brain, like I see you, I see what you're doing. I see this negative thought and it is what it is. Yeah. That's kind of what we'll talk about today. And I think one of the things that it kind of talks about is diffusion is the de-literalization of a thought. So instead of taking everything, one, one statement as the number one truth, and there's nothing else, it's that all or nothing mentality, right? It's saying that there can be this gray area, that there Mm -hmm. can be more than just this thought, that there can be this thought and another thought. Um, and, and so it's deliterizing the thought. So like kind of taking the weight out of it and decreasing the tendency to make a thought your truth. Yeah. So that's kind of our basis of what we're going to be talking. That's like what we're going to talk about. And there's obviously 5 million examples that we can think of. And then I have some like things that we could talk about as ways as practicing diffusion. Yeah. No, I think that'd be huge. I think the biggest thing, like when I was looking up at, um, looking into this last night, it was like, it's the idea that you are able to look at the thought rather than buy the thought, like be like buying into it, like that this is truth. And it just like, you know, it's, it's something where we talk about all the time, like our thoughts impact our beliefs and our beliefs drive our behavior right? Like if, again, if I believe that I will always struggle with food, which at one point I did, I 100% believed that I was always going to struggle with binge eating, overeating, or not being able to control myself around certain foods like chocolate or candy or what, what have you cookies. I believed that it was always going to be a problem. And because I believed it, that created feelings, which then created certain behaviors and actions, right? So like, and, and that's, I know that's CBT, that's cognitive behavioral therapy, but this is kind of the same thing. Yep. And it just gives us a chance to, again, separate ourselves from our thoughts, that we are not our thoughts. And it's crazy because like, it's like, once you see it, it's so interesting. Cause like, again, I come from this place where a lot of my relationship and like struggles with food are just, they're so past. They're so, they're not really issues anymore, which man, if like my two or three-year-old, like not three-year-old, but like three years ago, (laughs) 
myself could see me now, she'd be like, what? Like, I used to think people were lying if they said that they used to struggle with binge eating and they no longer do. I'm like, you are a liar. Don't even like play that game with me. I play pretend too, you know, but like, this is for real. Yeah. But now I have other things in my life right now. And like the thing that when you said I am fat, like, obviously that doesn't resonate with me right now, but the thought that kept coming up all weekend or all this week for me is like, I am scared. I am scared. I'm like, I'm, I'm experiencing something that I'm not used to, or I have all these fears or all this history or all these past things that are coming up for me. And I'm scared. And then for you to just say, let's pause. So first let's say, Hey, I am having a thought that I am scared. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, taking it one step further, I am noticing I am having a thought that I am scared. It doesn't mean that I actually am scared. Another way I used to say this is like, I feel scared, but I really do like this idea that like, it's not even, it doesn't even have to be a feeling that this is literally just a thought. And this thought does not have to be true. Yeah. And I think taking it to the very first part of what this framework is, is acceptance. Mm. And, and this, so like you kind of made mention of like, yeah, we've talked about CBT, like CBT, DBT, and ACT are all interconnected. And, you know, I learned more about CBT in school. I did DBT in one treatment center and I did ACT, a a bigger focus. That was like my, um, my therapist, like she, that was her love. And I didn't understand it until she, her and I like really, really got into it, but they talk so much and mostly mostly with the accept the keyword acceptance. And I had this thing on my wall. I don't know where it, it's probably not as relevant. I mean, not that it's not relevant, but I used to have to read it all the time that pain plus suffering is non-acceptance. Acceptance is just suffering. Mm. This. So like I can, if I accept something, so if I'm going through something and, or I'm sorry, it's just pain. I was like, wait, I'm like, hold on. I was like, if I have a painful experience (laughs) and I'm acceptance of it, it's just a painful experience. Yes. If I am non-accepting, if I'm willful, if I don't want to like actually accept reality, I have pain and suffering. And that's just going to bring about so many more thoughts, so many more negative emotions. Mm -hmm thus creating this like pattern when you choose I feel like once you can kind of like accept things accept reality Mm -hmm. um your choices your options your the outcomes are going to be endless whereas if you're just non-acceptant if you're going to be willful and choose to just not do anything there's not much else to do because that's the choice that you made This is so true. I've always heard it this way that it's like, um, pain is inevitable. Suffering is a choice. Mm -hmm. And I know like that may be hard for certain people to hear or whatever else, but it really is in my mind, quite true. There is always going to be pain guys. Like it, again, to, to be in a world where there isn't any pain, where we're happy all the time and everything's working out is that's like a flat line. That's like dead man's goals. A heartbeat has highs and lows. And so I think for me on that end too, is just like recognizing, like, like you said, am I suffer? Like, do I choose to suffer? I guess in the idea I wanted to talk about, it was acceptance, right? 
how many of us struggle with the idea of acceptance that if I accept this, then I'm giving up. Then it's apathy. They, they confuse acceptance with apathy saying like, if I accept that this is true, then I'm just going to give up. If I accept that I, um, that I don't, you know, that I'm overweight right now, then I'm just going to give up. I'm not going to, I won't even keep trying. And it's not true. Like when you accept that this is your body right now, then you can start taking smaller steps to take you to where you want to go, as opposed to being in this place where like, no, I want that body now. I want to be where I want to like right now. And you start taking these drastic, um, these drastic actions that keep bringing you back and you yo-yo. And so instead of just coming from a place, this is where I'm at right now. And that's okay. It doesn't, just because you accept something doesn't mean you aren't still taking actions to change it. Yeah. And I think, um, so one of the, the kind of exercises that you can do, and obviously like I didn't specifically do this exercise when I was, you know, in November, December of last year, but I, I, and I know that like we talk about it often, you know, that time frame for me, but I remember like getting on the scale in November. Um, uh, actually, I mean, in October, I went to the doctor and had seen my weight for the first time. I hadn't weighed myself for a long time. And I remember just being there like frick, <laughs> all the F words you can think of. Like, what the heck? Like. I, I felt like I was so far gone that there was no going, no more going the other way. Like this was just going to be it. This was just it. Like I, you know, dug myself into this hole. Um, and, and that could, I could have just chose to like, not accept the reality, but the reality was that I, you know, so I'm looking at my thing. So like act, so accept like there were experiences, there was my history, there was my current reality, like this is just what it is. And really the defining moment of like who I was going to be was whether I was going to choose to accept it or not accept it. And kind of, that was kind of like my road. Um, so you can take this unacceptable reality and turn it into something that's a little bit more psychologically flexible. So I'm going to use the example of my reality at that time. It was that I was over 350 pounds and that was something I couldn't, I've never said out loud, like on a podcast, I've never really have just said it to you and my doctor. And, um, that's about it. Um, but like, that was so scary to me. Like I, I couldn't even like conceptualize that in my brain like what just happened like why didn't you intervene sooner you know all those things um so that was my unacceptable unaccepting reality how I can choose to kind of defuse from it and accept the situation is I am 300 over 350 pounds and I know that this is not going to be my destiny. Like this isn't set in stone. I know the things that I need to do. I know them. And now I have to take committed action. And so it's moving through that process of like, 
one of them was like, I can't lose weight. Okay. That's, that's kind of, if you're just going to say that and not do anything about it, but if you're going to use kind of acceptance commitment therapy, um, framework, it's going to be, I've struggled with my weight. I'm, and then an action, I'm going to go to the doctor, get my vitals done, get my labs checked, get my hormones checked. And I'm going to start walking every day, or I'm going to, you know, do five push-ups on my knees every day, whatever it is. And, and once you start like actually accepting, okay, like it's such a courageous act. I get it. Like I've been there. I've done it. We've done it. But once you start, it's, it kind of builds that momentum for you. So I was not planning on tearing up today. That was not my thought. Um, I've just been doing the red eyeshadow lately. (laughs) So I have a little list of cognitive fusion versus diffusion. And I, so that we can kind of listen to the contrast of how they can be different. So cognitive fusion Thoughts are reality. It is as if we are thinking, what we are thinking is actually present in the here and now. So this is you fusing with your thoughts. Thoughts are truth. We believe them. Thoughts are important. We take them seriously and we give them our full attention. Thoughts are orders. We automatically obey them. Thoughts are wise. We assume that they know best and we follow their advice. Okay. So I just think like, I think orders eating disorder, like oh, I think yeah. of, you have to do this. You can't eat that you, and we just like, okay, like, I'm just gonna, you know, not buy that today. Like, think about how many times that ruled your life. Or we thought that our thoughts were like the wisest thing ever, right? 1159 start over. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> All those weird. Oh my gosh. Yes. Fixations. Okay. Cognitive diffusion. Thoughts are merely sounds, words, stories, bits of language passing through our heads. I love that. Gosh, it gives it so much less power. I know. Thoughts may or may not be true. We do not automatically have to believe them. Thoughts may or may not be important. We pay attention only if it is helpful. Thoughts are not orders. We do not have to obey them. Thoughts may or may not be wise. We don't automatically follow their advice. So when you have an unhelpful thought, here's some questions you can ask yourself. And I'll link this for you guys. Like, this is huge. Like, I I mean, like, it's good to be aware, but like, let's make sure we have some actual strategies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, From Russ Harris, actmindfully.com. It's this huge PDF document. Like you could take so many notes on it. It's ridiculous, but helpful questions for unhelpful thoughts. Is this thought in any way useful or helpful to me? Is this an old story? Have I heard it before? What would I get for buying into this story? Could this be helpful or is my mind babbling? Or as Michael Singer would say, is it just the melodrama in your head? Yeah. Does this thought help me take effective action? I love that one. And am I going to trust my mind or my experience? I just love those. Man, it's just, it's so hard to like, because you're, 
mind, like, and I think this is another big thing to remember guys is that like your brain again was not designed to help you thrive. It was designed to help you survive. And so there's a reason we have a negativity bias. There's a reason that we tend to focus on the negative or focus on the possible threat, right? Um, and it's because like our brain just wants us to stay safe. Like it doesn't care if we're happy. It just cares if we're safe, which like may mean then that like it'll give us thoughts that will hold us back. Mm-hmm. And that was something like, I think you had said too, is like, it's causing us to avoid pain, possible pain. Um, it's, it's forcing us to not get outside of our comfort zone, but we know that growth and progress and, and joy even comes from getting outside of our comfort zone, from getting outside of the familiar. Um, and so just kind of recognizing that your brain is doing its job, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's has your best interest at heart. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the whole, the whole point, and I don't remember where I read it. I'm, I had, so I was reading so much, you know, about all this, but one of the, one of the conditions that we learned about in nursing school was, um, congenital insensitivity of pain. And it's literally somebody that is born and they do not feel any pain Mm. and they die so soon. Mm-hmm. because they they there's no sensory inputs they can't respond to anything um and so like even just having that like physiological understanding of it you can really see how it applies to you know like actual experiences um that we each have in our lives um but the goal obviously of this type of training or therapy is to have that abundant rich Mm -hmm. full life while also understanding that there is the reality of suffering and you will encounter it. Like there's not going to be, um, a day where there's not going to be something that comes up, you know, somewhere down the line for you. And so life becomes, I guess, so much richer. I, I saw a therapist that said like, this is a way to get out of your head and into your life and to really like to really look at it from that perspective. I read that this morning and I was just like, whoa, get out of my head and live into my life. Like actually be in my life. And it's true. Like how often, like, and I know this has been true for me lately. I'm just like, I'm living this whole other reality, like in my head and I can feel it. Like I'm playing out all these scenarios and all these whatever else. Um, and and for me, maybe right now it's in a context of a, a possible relationship or it's in the context of like, my work or my whatever else. And just like, but I'm not, I'm missing the now I'm missing right now because I'm like, well, what if this happens? Well, what if this happens? Well, what if this happens? Right. And like, I'm playing out these like kind of worst case scenarios again, you know, like that's kind of what our brain tends to do unless we take a more conscious effort. Um, Yeah. And I'm, so I'm somebody that, and I know that I may have mentioned it before, like the exercise of like leaves on a stream, um, different ways that you can kind of visualize this concept so that you can kind of implement it into your life. So what the, the way that I kind of think about it is, and I have this little metaphor list for act, 
um, is imagine your thoughts and emotions coming and going like leaves on a stream, not changing the course of the stream itself. So it's really you not being able to change like, oh, I want a river or I want like this bigger stream. Like, no, no, no. These are just thoughts that this stream is your reality. And just letting these things kind of wisp by, you can appreciate some of the leaves. You cannot appreciate the other ones, like just kind of letting it go. Um, another one is the quicksand metaphor. If you get trapped in quicksand and try to swim out, you'll get sucked in. If you accept that that's where you are and let yourself relax, then you'll float to the surface. Is that true? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Um, deck of cards analogy. If you're playing a game of poker, are you better off playing the hand that you were dealt or the hand that you wish you were dealt? <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then chessboard Imagine that you're a chessboard and the chess pieces are thoughts and feelings that move across the board without changing the actual board itself. So these are just ways to kind of like make this easier. I know that it's obviously like a very hard concept to grasp and it really does take, it, it kind of just like whatever resonates with you, take it for what it is and practice it. So like, for me, it was really just the, the leaves on a stream thing. Nobody had ever told me that until I was, it was what, 19 years old, 20 years old. And I was like, oh, like my thoughts aren't truth. My thoughts aren't facts. Like what, what are you talking about? Like, I used to think that those were like, like that was it. The things that were going on in my head were it. That was all. Um, they were just as equal as the reality that I was experiencing basically. Um, and then like other ways that you can kind of diffuse your thoughts are like writing your thoughts out backwards and then saying it and being like, okay, that, that doesn't make sense. Or like writing it out a few times and being like, is that rational? Is that logical? Is that helpful? Um, some people like to say, (laughs) They like to sing their thoughts. Like that was another example. Like oh, yeah. thought and how like if it's a negative thought, are you really gonna sing it like someone that? had also said like do it in accents? Like yeah. I can't go stuff. to the party if I'm anxious. Like yeah. it was just like think hmm, of, really weird. Think of it as like pop-ups on a website, like you go onto a website and it's like pop-up, okay, you just exit out of it and move on with your life, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I know. I just love all the like little funny examples. So that's obviously just one part of um, ACT and the psychological hexaflex. There's other parts of it, but it all plays into this notion of psychological flexibility and being okay that these thoughts are happening, that these experiences are happening. Um, And then like my favorite part is the like defining your values and then the committed action. which we can get into next week, but yeah, I hope that kind of helped. I feel like we talk about this stuff a lot, but sometimes repetition is the key to mastery. Yes. This stuff is it. Yeah. It's, it's difficult um, sometimes to fully uh, grasp sometimes. And so we're hoping that, especially if you're watching the YouTube version of this, um, maybe being able to see some of the, um, graphics. And if not, like I said, we'll have the links down below. So you can always see the hexaflex yourself and you can see what we're talking about. 
Um, but I'm definitely a visual person. So um, we want to make sure that that's available for you as well. And yeah, let us know, guys, if there's anything specific you would like us to talk about or break down, um, if there's anything specific you are dealing with. And I just like, I'd like to reiterate that, yes, we're talking about a big concept right now as far as like our thoughts, but I want you to kind of like, how can I put this towards my body image, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I know I get a lot of people who are struggling. And by the way, like we all are going to have like bad body image days, like it just, it's a, it's part of living in a, a culture where we're constantly inundated with messaging that this is what our body is supposed to look like. But um, just recognizing that those thoughts are not facts and recognizing that you really do have the power to change those thoughts or to, I'm noticing that I'm having a thought that my body is not worthy based on the way it's looking. Or I've had somebody like, I notice that I'm having the thought that my, my body doesn't fit in this clothing, right. You know, just the way I think it should. And basically like coming down to like, yeah, that's the thought, but recognizing like the bigger ideas, like I don't feel worthy. I don't feel loved. I don't feel whatever. And that those things aren't true. It is just your brain trying to protect you, trying to point out the threat, trying to make sure that you stay safe and notice like what that might mean for you to stay safe would mean you would be isolating. You would be pulling away from people. You wouldn't want to go out um, to be seen because you're worried that you'd be rejected. Like just recognize that, that, that trying, not being flexible and not being willing to see outside of that, that situation or thought or feeling can keep you stuck and live a very small life. Miss out on the fullness and richness that life and relationships and um, experience have to offer you, so. Yeah, and I think it, <laughs> so I I had like, I have my journal from the things that I've, like treatment centers that I've been in and stuff. And it's funny when I look, like read them out loud because <laughs> I'm just like, girl, you've grown. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Um, but I have, so I, I understand the feeling of like, wait, what? Like, how, how does this actually look in your everyday life? And you can either be, you know, analysis by paralysis, or you can just start taking like little baby steps, like literally just thinking of what type of life you would want and taking one step every single day towards that general trajectory of that life. Um, but on April 27th, on April 7th of 2021, I said in group today, we learned about ACT and the different forms of ourself. Now, obviously we didn't talk about self as concept or as context today, but just particularly ourselves as context. I thought mostly about this self as one that is not tainted whatsoever by the world or society. There's such pureness in that something oddly special, but it's really hard for me to think of myself outside of my roles, my thoughts, my feelings, and emotions. Where do I even start? What would my life even look like if I wasn't those things? I guess I never really thought of the fact, the thought of who I am without those things. Like, actually, what would I actually do and say? How would I actually act? I have no clue. <laughs> so like, I, I really just, I didn't know. Um, and it was just kind of this willingness to accept that there is not just black and white, that my thoughts and my feelings and my emotions are not just facts. And just like that openness of, it really does, it's kind of like openness therapy of like, 
opening yourself up to there are other possibilities. There is the gray. There are um, ways to kind of, I, I just, I didn't know that at the time. And I can understand that there are people listening that are just like, okay, so what does that actually look like? It means living your life and getting out of your head. That's yeah. what it looks like. It means like going to the beach and wearing the bathing suit anyway. Yep. It means going to the party anyway. It means taking the, it means just getting out there. <laughs> like, So our challenge, I think for this week is one thing that you can diffuse. So, you know, the, I am a failure. I'm having oh, a yeah. failure. I'm noticing that I'm having a thought that I'm a failure. So doing that one time this week, seeing how it impacts your life and your actions and the way that you feel about yourself and then what is one way that you can get out of your head and into your life? Oh, I love that challenge. One way. You what's yours? What's your, your what's one way you can get out of your head and into your life? Oh, gracious day. Um, it's early I, in Arizona. Sorry. No, you're fine. I, I'm just like, it's so hard. Cause like right now, again, every, everything in my head right now is this relationship, which really bothers me. That's like. <laughs> that that's all I'm like thinking about right now. Um, but it, anyway, uh, and, and whatever it is, it's, I think it's just like, not, I think the biggest thing is, is not just assuming, just not being scared and just being okay with like being present and, and like, rather than, I, I think the big one for me is rather than thing like, this has to be it. This has to be everything. This has to be like, it has to check every single box. It has to be. And if it doesn't, then it's a threat. It's bad. It's whatever. Just accepting that this is where I'm at right now. This is, this is who I'm dating right now. And everyone has good, like, you know, we all have flaws. We all have things. And so like, how can I just truly embrace this experience and just enjoy it rather than being so judgmental and fearful of it, but to just go and enjoy it for what it is. Um, and, and not be so afraid of getting hurt or getting whatever. Um, I think that's it for me. It's interesting that you say that I'm reading a book right now. Mm -hmm. And if you guys have to go, totally fine. But I'm reading a book right now. It's called Love and Respect. It's a marriage book. Oh. Um, and it it talks about like women, their need is to feel loved and a man wants to feel respected. And mm -hmm. honestly, they're the same things, but like men live by the honor code and women want to feel that like safety, security. And yeah, all yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the things that he talks about is in a relationship, like you can start to build up. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to characterize this because it, it changed every, like my perspective on a lot. So in a relationship, um, a man's deepest value is to be respected and to feel like all those things. So you can start building up contempt if, you know, say they don't take out the trash. They, you know, say something and you're like, eh, like that doesn't align or whatever, like literally whatever the hell it is. And, and to not assume. So like this person that's in your life, right. Mm -hmm. 
assuming goodwill and intent will change your perspective of how you look at him or them that's very true and I didn't understand that until I like started reading it about like if I assume if I go to Josh and I assume that he's like some somehow trying to like sabotage me or like make me mad on purpose or I mean all of these things that you can think of right my reaction like is going to not be one of like that's positive Mm -hmm. but if I'm assuming that like I know his heart he's a good guy his intentions are pure like he's not trying to sabotage me how am I going to look at the situation then Mm -hmm. um and and how it like really it allows you to not bring I mean like my past relationships into like wait why are you doing that why did you say it like that like no, I'm just saying those things because my past experiences make me question those things, I guess. It, oh, it's for sure. And interesting. It's it's tough not to project and not to be like, oh my, and yet at the same time, you don't want to be blinded to, yeah. to things either. But I think you're, and this is the whole point of dating <laughs> is, to, like, is to just kind of get to know the person and to like over time, recognize how their actions do align with what they're telling you um and it's and if you and it is that idea that our beliefs drive our behaviors and if I believe that he's you know if he's coming from a good place and that he really has good intentions and really genuinely wants to be the you know the best version or whatever else then like then I I can look at that completely differently and I can react completely differently. But I think like, I definitely have had issues where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, nope, I've seen this. I've, you know, this, this means this, (laughs) like I've had an experience like this, this is triggering this. And so this is a threat. And my, my initial reaction a lot of times is, is to run or Mm -hmm. is to push away. And, and, um, so it's been very interesting for me to have to override, um, those thoughts, but I appreciate that. Yeah. I have a little thing on my wallpaper right now and it says my response, my responsibility. Ooh. Like, oh man. Is like, I, so like. so like one of my issues is like if Josh is having a bad day like I it it has nothing to do with me like you know I'm just trying to think of like his truck could break down and I could I will think like it's my fault like I didn't even drive his truck I don't know why I'm thinking that right logically I know that so if he's having a bad day and responding otherwise in a way that I wouldn't that's not my pro like it it really isn't and it's not going to dictate my day and so like mm-hmm. I have a reminder on my phone that my response is my responsibility the things that I respond to and react to are mine and reflect on my character no one else's um so that's been something that I've been kind of like I I just I just have to remember that no, I like, and anytime we bring up response, I'm always thinking of like Victor Frankl's quote that we've talked about before, yeah. but like putting that space between stimulant and response and that that is where our true freedom lies is being able to have the stimulant, have that, that something that irritates us or freaks us out or sends our mind going into all of these thoughts and putting that space, putting that pause 
taking a moment and saying again, I am noticing that I'm having this thought that, and mm-hmm. then being able to respond, not from a place of being overly reactive and fusing with the thought, but recognizing that it's just a thought itself. And you do have the power to respond in a different way um, when you can like take a moment and see the whole picture for what it is. Yeah. But anyway, thank you for that. Uh, what about you before we end things up? Um, out of my head and into my life. Um, my family's coming to town tonight. How fun. Um, so I just hope that I can kind of disconnect and hang out, like make it a good weekend. Um, I think mostly... I think it like I just I I say it in like every episode since like April like I I was in that like plateau phase and I just have these like reoccurring thoughts of like is this just where I'm going to be at for the rest of my life like is this just like is it like is my weight loss like is that just what it's going to be is this my you know all of these things like oh my gosh I'll never be able to like get to my set point, whatever like these thoughts these dumb things that are just kind of passing um and and a way for me to like really just step into my reality is and like my life is to just keep my meals consistent and keeping myself like listening to my hunger like going back to the things that I know that work Um, and, and I had this like weird visualization of like my body yesterday, like really, really weird, um, of like the reason I was in the plateau was like to be like, I feel like I'm in a totally different body now. Like I feel like, yes, I had, you know, I lost a significant amount of weight and now like my body was just adjusting to it for the past few months. And like, it's just different. I don't know how to explain it, but I just had this weird like visualization of it yesterday and, and just being like, yeah, and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep doing the things that I know that make me feel good and keep moving my body, all of those things. Um, so just making sure that I stick to those things. Cause I know that they make me feel better. I know that in the moment, I don't necessarily always think that it's helping, but I know that like the outcome, like that will bring results that will make, that will establish trust with my body. That'll establish trust with myself, all those things. So keep doing the thing. Yeah. There's not really another option, Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) So I, yeah, I I like it. And I think that I think that will resonate with a lot of people because yeah, we do. Otherwise, if you do get really reactive, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what was the point? Like, then you can go back to self-sabotaging behaviors all over again. Yeah. And then I'm also obviously reading my book, the love and respect book. So again, just like reminding myself that my response is my responsibility. And um, yeah, it's really changed my perspective on things. So I'm liking it. That's good. That's the whole point. We're always learning. We're always growing. Um, I'll definitely take a look at that book. And thank you for sharing all of this with me. And um, hopefully everyone else was able to get 
some benefit from it. Um, I know this one got a little bit long, guys, but I think sometimes, whatever, we just, it's nice for us to be able to talk. <laughs> yep. All right, we'll make sure to um, leave a review. You can just leave the five stars, but we love seeing the like- Comments, it like makes our day. Like write out something, it really does make a difference. Um, and then make sure to turn on your notifications um, to be notified when a new episode is done. Um, and upload it. And then obviously I hope you're subscribed already. That's just it. And if you want to see like visuals and our facial expressions and all of the things go to the YouTube channel. Um, that's kind of where we're going to be focusing a lot because we do have a lot of different resources and visuals and stuff. So other than that, have a good week. Bye guys. Bye.